0: All right, enough of that. No time to waste because here on the Greg's Garage pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, you need some legal help, especially if you're in a motorcycle accident or you have some contracts or whatever, reach out to Bike911.com. Alex Asante will handle you. He's a motorcycle enthusiast you know who's going through. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm Greg, and right there is JP. Hey, JP, what's up, man? What's up, G-Dub? How are you? Yeah, good, man. You know, just good. Ended up, uh, you know, getting home on Monday, which is a little, uh, when I drive a little unusual for me, but how was everything? To yeah. You but you got there? to hang out.
1: You got to hang out with the great Jeff White.
0: I did. Yeah. Got to That's hang out great. With my older brother who used to beat me up. I love it. I think he still probably could. I certainly couldn't outrun him. Well, now I can, he's got that bad hip of
1: his. So at least that'd I be your that only out. hope to get away is That's if you, my only
0: hope is to how run. How far could you yeah. run though?
1: Really G-Dub before you're just so gassed out. Uh, one one thousandth of a mile. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I told you what the I had I had a fan in the stands come up to me. at I told a you fan. about the climbing a fan, yeah. Well, a fan of our I think of our I think of our podcast, or maybe just listens to us on the on TV. But they had that climbing wall out there at, at uh, Turn Four, <laughs> 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 and he says, I'm, "I said I was there with Kyle." uh, Wyman and the the fans, I mean, the stands were packed, as you know, it was super busy at Jersey. And the guy says, says, Jason, what would it take to get Greg to climb that, that wall over there? I said, you'd have to put donuts on the top. I said, but the only way he's going to get to the top of that thing is if you fly him in by helicopter and drop him on top of the thing. Wow.
0: It was pretty good.
1: Is that the challenge for
0: next year? You know what you can do guy who is allowing Jason Pridmore to talk shit about me. Is uh why don't you just put Jason's just tack Jason's face up there? All right. I'll yeah. climb it with a baseball bat just so I can get to the top and knock the shit out of that thing.
1: <laughs> it is pretty good anyways. I
0: thought it was funny. Yeah. Or 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 a donut. I mean, you know what I mean? You pick a Couple it, donuts. A donut. Yeah. A
1: couple a couple donkeys bo- Boston creams will hey, do it for me. I went to uh, Donkeys I went to Dunkies on uh yesterday morning at the airport. At the airport, you know, <laughs> inside terminal there at Philly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't nice. even get a and I didn't get a donut and I thought, man, G would be so disappointed in me.
0: Dude, that's just a waste of a trip to I know. monkeys. I don't care I if you started, are walking just,
1: by it in a terminal. I just I, just I hear their coffee, coffee was
0: really good. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I hear their good.
1: coffee is really it was good. It's pretty man. good. It was pretty good. Yeah. And I, I got that and I was like, the donuts looked good, smelled good, didn't get one. Mm. So, so you're speaking you my know. language now. Hey, listen. Uh we're
0: gonna be talking about Moto America <laughs> at New Jersey Motorsports Park, World Superbike, uh, over the weekend as well. And Magnicor in France. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Aragon, MotoGP, because that happens this weekend, thank goodness. Uh, there's racing this weekend. So we're going to get into it. If you'd like to support the, the Patreon channel, uh, go ahead and do that. There will be more content coming up this winter, I promise you. Uh, nothing really spectacular now, but we will be doing that. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I will be streaming my gameplay. That's right. <laughs> On YouTube Gaming, on Greg's Garage TV. Just stop. You don't know. stop. Anyway. Just Just move on. You want to move on? All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we can move on to the news presented by Arai. Let's do it. All right. AraiAmericas.com is the website you should be visiting. If you want to go check out Arai's latest in technology, the vents and the visors and the paint schemes, and get yourself down to a dealership. And get fitted properly. Proper fitment is going to save your noodle, whether you're in a Rye helmet or not. All right? Your cheeks should gently be pushed up and no pressure on the forehead and stuff like that. So go to RyeAmericas.com. Go check out all the great information. If you have time to listen to this podcast, you have time to go to a website like Bike911.com and RyeAmericas.com. Jason Pridmore is the greatest motorcycle rider of all time.com. That's got to be a thing, right? It's got to be a thing. Yeah. Jason.
1: That's definitely not a
0: thing. Let's talk about some MotoGP news because, yeah, it broke today, the day we're doing this podcast. Mike Marquez is back in action. It'll be 110 days after his last GP. Uh, He did a two-day test at Mizano. I also saw that he was on a CBR 600, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, at Aragon where they're headed to. Um, on the go so on think- the go- kart
1: on the go- kart track at Aragon.
0: On the go, oh, is the go kart track okay? Yeah. Um. So, what do you think about Marquez? So this has been controversial for you and I. I think because we both thought that they he went back too early, and that's kind of part of the anyway. So, what do you think? Yeah. No, I Greg,
1: I think now it's great. Like if he he looks different, seems different. There's zero reason for him to come back too early on this one. So it just goes to show that he came. I think where did he go? He went to Minneapolis, I think, right? Didn't he go to Minneapolis, Minneapolis and get his correct. arm worked on? And uh, so he went to Minneapolis, got his arm worked on, got it, got it fixed. Essentially, is what he did. But it, you know, when you're when you are an athlete like him, when you're when you're top level athlete, your body will heal itself, uh, but sometimes it won't heal itself correctly until things are actually in alignment and and fixed correctly, right? So now he's got his arm fixed, and look how quick he's really going to be coming back. Um, I think it's great. I think he'll be fine. I think, uh I mean, I think it's a huge, huge advantage for Honda to have him back at the end of this year and being able to, you know, being able to get some laps on that bike, even though I, you know, I know he knows what they have already, but they got to make some big improvements. So
0: yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking <clears throat> like, okay, it seems like everything's good, right? Seems like he's healthy. But with the amount of rounds they have left in the championship, I almost wish he would take another month or two off to get more healthy so he could go back and race maybe the last two or three just to get the speed back, just to get the feel for the bike, to help the development of this bike. Because if that guy gets hurt at the last race of the year again or something yeah, happens again, then Honda's on their back way. foot even further. I know, I know, I know. You I know, can't know, go
1: into it thinking if and if and if. And Plus, he's a racer. We're about he's that a, racer. a little he's, bit during this podcast, yeah. even with some of the things that happened at New Jersey with, the weather conditions and stuff like that. And, 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 and you can't always go by the ifs. You got to look at it. Like if he thinks he is strong enough, okay. As long as, as long as he's not like coming back kind of half-assed, it's not even worth that. He's coming back. Cause he wants to get back on the bike and he wants to. And, and Greg, it's funny because you could play yourself back into fitness as well. Probably there'll be no better test for him at this stage. Like let's say for argument's sake that, They've got like the next three weekends in a row, right? Let's say that by the end of the third week, he's in so much pain or something's maybe still not right. He has time to go get that fixed as well, right? So, but I don't think that's the case. I think that whatever they fix in his arm has made it better for him, made it straighter for him. It's, you know, probably not going to have full strength, but he obviously feels good enough to come back because he, like you say, Greg, he could choose any one of these races to come back. I'm just looking to see if I should put him on my fantasy team. But, uh, you know,
0: here we you know go. I
1: mean? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Are you kidding though? Are you? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Sure. And I think that the fact that he's coming back is good. I also believe, and and I'd be interested to get your point of view on this. I also, well, there's a couple things. I saw that Takanakagami's coming back to LCR. So he's, he's getting resigned. He got resigned for another year with that team, which is interesting going into his sixth season. And, I, I actually like that. I like that move. It's fine, yeah, it's fine. But I think that you kind of will have Taka and and Marquez who have been kind of a staple there for a long time. But then mm-hmm. with Juan Mir and Alex Rins coming to the Honda programs that they're going to be on, with Mir going to the factory team and Renz going to um, the LCR team as well, uh, is it is he with? Wait, am I got that right? It's LCR, right? That he's with? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The thing is, is that, because uh, he's taking Alex's place, correct, Marquez. So when you look at it, um, I think that Mark Marquez will welcome those guys in. They got to figure out a way to make this bike better for everybody. And and even though I know that Marquez has a setup for his own, he's going to be looking for their insights on what might be able to get better on this motorcycle because they need help. They need help.
0: And it's always helpful when you get information from other sources and you have. Correct. Two top guys coming over from a totally different program, a different style of engine. I get all that, you know. And the Suzuki's yeah. known for different things than the Honda, but still, you're going to have ideas and all that stuff. And speaking of that, by the way, Juan Mir is back. He's going to be back racing this weekend. I don't know if you Correct. saw that one. So he comes back from that. injury, so which is really good for Suzuki because they've kind of thrown a couple hail, hail marys here. And we we thought that uh, Dominic Aguirre, who Aguirre, who who races in World Super Sport, leading the championship, I think still right uh, yeah. after last weekend. Yeah. He got to ride that bike in a test, and that was, as everybody thought, probably going to be if Mir couldn't return, that he would be on the bike this weekend because yeah. World Superbike has the weekend off, <sighs> even though they return the following weekend. But uh, that's pretty good. Also, in, w- or in MotoGP, since Andrea DiVizioso is now officially retired, that means that Cal Crutchlow steps in for the rest of the year on the RNF Yamaha M1. What are your thoughts about Crutchlow, who hasn't raced in a while, jumping back on that bike? Do you. Have any more expectations of Cal over what Daviziosa was able to do, or in some cases not do?
1: Not really. I, I you know, he's our test guy, and I don't think that it's going to be an easy. It's not going to be easy for him. He hasn't raced in a while, and um, but he's been testing a lot, which is good from what I understand, and and that's fine. But I don't think that there's going to be like super big high expectations on Cal going out there and doing something special or spectacular on the bike. So, um, you know, it it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But, you know, Yamaha's just trying to get through the year, aren't they, really, Greg? I mean, that's what they're trying to do right now, just get through the it. the rest that,
0: of them, I just think they're trying to win the championship with well, what with they Fox have. Well, with Quartz for
1: sure. But I'm talking about yeah. with the, the RNF team, the, the team that Crutchlow went to with Darren Binder. Oh, Sounds yeah. Like I mean, they're
0: going to Aprilia next year and stuff yeah, like that. They just kinda... get those,
1: that team just has to get through these last five rounds or whatever it is. And it looks like, uh, you know, Darren Binder's going back to Moto2, I saw. It looks like Remy mm-hmm. is going to go to world Superbike, from what I understand. So there's yeah. all kinds of things there that look like there could be some moving bits. And I think for Cal, it's just a matter of, um, you know, uh, you know, what's his desire to go racing still. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't expect him to do much better than what Dovey did. Would you? No, not really. It's not like yeah. they're going to have, there's nothing there that tells everything. me that he's going to, you know, that he's gonna do great, but God, I would love to see him do great. It'd be it'd be fun. It'd be a fun story to see him step in and do well or at least. Dude, be if he could
0: step in and help Quart, that would be amazing. I'm not sure well, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen, happen initially without knowing lap times and stuff, but that would be amazing. Just as much as that leads us into our next news item, Jay, which is on the Moto America side of things, it looks like Josh Heron is going to be teammates on the super bike, on the super superbike with Petrucci. So Heron wraps up his championship. We're gonna talk more about that in super on the um Warhorse HSBK Racing Ducati, New York. I'm just going off of memory here. Um, whatever you know, and now he's gonna get on a super bike. Now he was on the list for our jersey. He was like entered into the class, but it's now kind of an official thing that he's gonna be on that bike. I think he's riding two classes. So what are obviously your thoughts? We've talked about this now for a couple of weeks. We mentioned it on the broadcast. It's Petrucci against the world. You have all these Yamahas. Now you have a couple of BMWs that can throw themselves in the mix. And it seems like, you know, it's it, that all works in Yamaha's favor. Uh, but now Petrucci might get
1: some help, but pff, tall task. What do you think? Yeah, it's a big, tall order. I think, I think it's just, um, I don't know if he's got to test. I don't know. I, you know, obviously I don't know anything about any of that. So, it's a tall order to come into the last race of the season and just jump on a superbike that you've never really ridden. I think didn't you tell me he rode it somewhere? Did he ride it at Brainerd or somewhere like that? He rode it at Pit Pit Race, Pit Race, a couple okay. of laps testing.
0: Yeah, because remember Petrucci got on a plane went home or something and they were there. So Josh got on to do a little shake shake down thing. Uh and it wasn't really anything serious. And I don't think they were looking at it, you know, to where they are now. So I mean, if anybody... Uh, It's
1: a big thing for him to be Yeah, if anybody expects Josh Aaron to
0: get on a superbike after being off of it for a year, not his bike, on a Ducati that's been struggling on Dunlops, and all of a sudden wedge himself between Jake and and Petrucci, you know, I think that your expectations set a little high. Would I like to be pleasantly surprised? Of course I would, you know? I mean, it's not a matter of talent. It's just a matter of other stuff. I mean, what are, are, are what resources are going to be available to him? You know what I mean? Are they going to, are they going to double up on Petrucci's crew or his, probably going to be Josh's crew working on two bikes,
1: you know? It's, it's, there's just so many variables there. And at the level that those guys ride at, it's just, it's, there's just too many variables, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, like if, if it was, you know, if it was Josh Heron jumping back on something familiar, like a, a Yamaha or, I mean, even the, even like a Titler's bike or something, I think he'd have a better chance. I just, you know, Greg, I just don't think from all, from all the things that you and I have heard, the Ducati's is not the easiest bike to ride. It just isn't. And even though he's been riding a bike similar to that, you know, when you throw a bunch more horsepower at it and you know, it's just going to be that you hope that it stays dry for him. Um, I looked at the long cast, long range forecast, which I never, ever do, but mm-hmm. it actually looks really good. Um, no, fingers or, crossed. Well, it's yeah, it looks really so good. South It'll probably change, change 10 times, three, right? Yeah.
0: By the time we get there. But the other thing too is Jay, is that at least the two of them have been on the same bike. They raced endurance at pit race there a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so the information on how Heron likes the bike versus Petrucci likes the bike might help in terms of setup. Correct. That, yep. you know, that's the other thing. I mean, is, is Petrucci's the way he likes the geometry of the bike makes sense. I know that in speaking with uh, those guys, Petrucci, his crew chief Murcio, the uh, technical people, everybody. They all say the same thing that the Ducati works within a very small window. And you get out of yeah. that window and it goes to junk. So it's not like Heron's gonna have like this crazy amount of uh, range where he can kind of start putting geometry and bikes. It's, it's gotta be within the window. And and at least uh, you know, at least the team at this point has that kind of knowledge. So it's going to be crazy. It's gonna be great. Why is it going to be crazy and great the last round? Since our news presented by Arai is over, done, and dusted with, now's the time when we get to talk about what happened over the weekend. And that yeah. will explain why, when we get to Barber, Medallia Superbike's going to be just
1: delectable. It's going to be good. And, like, again, looking at the weather real quick 87 Friday, 86 Saturday, Ooh, 85 ah. Sunday, with a 43% chance of rain now, 43 mm-hmm. being the key number. Uh, <laughs> 85 with 43%. Why? Because there's of rain. 43? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me summarize fully. Um, Jersey. I mean, Greg, first off, let's just throw a huge shout out to all the Northeast fans that were back there in Jersey because I have never seen that paddock, those stands, the concessions, everything as full as they were this weekend. I could not believe the amount of people that were there. Yes. I mean, thank you, oh, everyone, great.
0: for coming out. It was truly amazing. It was so much fun. And that's every day, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I was bitching. I was,
1: I was bitching when I was driving into the track in the morning. I'm like, God, look at the line again. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. This is actually kind of yeah. nice, you know. It's yeah. like kind of nice having a line getting into the racetrack and having a ton of people. And but um, I, you know me, dude. I yeah. hate lines, right? So that's why it was back to my old, old habits, which
0: was I'm getting to the track at 7 a.m. so I don't have to sit in line. You know, yeah, it was great. even if it's even if it's four cars deep. So yeah, yeah. It was. I didn't mind it. After Friday, I, I was like, it. aha going to be busy
1: yep nope i did not mind it at all um i had a little q a with a guy in another car next to me that was tells me he brings he's brought his family every year and and yeah you know yada yada about all about how busy it is and how great it is and i said yeah man i said it's it's great it you know and i i actually text chuck Askelin i went out to watch i walked over to the other building you know the building like um that's by turn three, uh, yeah, whatever, by, yeah, th- between three and four, yeah, yep, yep. Plump I remember that way. It's and and Greg, the concessions—I'm not kidding—we're twenty and thirty deep. <laughs> like there were so many people. So, anyways, big shout out to that. Uh, when you start to look at it, Greg, we came into the into this round one point lead for Jake Gagne over um, Petrucci, and man, it didn't disappoint on the race on Saturday. Well, let's start off first off, Greg. By some qualifying results. Um, I mean, PJ Jacobson, being from that area, New York, was just on fire. The Titlers bike looked amazing all weekend. Um, he actually had a pretty good weekend, with the exception of obviously race two. But PJ Jacobson puts it on pole ahead of Camp Peterson and Gagne, top three. Uh, Petrucci, I think, started fourth. Skoltsy was fifth. So it was kind of like this mixed bag right off the bat. Like, what there were some question marks about. Could PJ, you know, be another kind of spoiler in this thing, uh, getting in between Petrucci and Gagne? And first race off, we had a red flag pretty early when Hector Barber, I think, had a problem with either rear brake caliper. Bike actually came to a stop on the racetrack, and he couldn't move it. So they red flagged it. They were able to get him started again. But Gagne and uh, uh, Peterson and Skoltz, I mean, to our surprise, were kind of lumped together for the first eight, nine laps, weren't they? They were. Well, Peterson did a good
0: job initially to to stay right with Gagne, right? Because they were a little yep. bit closer than they've been before. But, yeah, once once that second uh, start got going, those two were locked in a big battle. The one thing I will say is I had a chance. I don't know if I told you this already or not, but I had a chance to talk <laughs> to uh, Scotty Jensen, uh, PJ's crew chief. Okay. And what he told me about those titler bikes and part of the reason why PJ starting to find better feel and, buy, and find speed because yeah, you saw the qualifying lap. I saw PJ was Oof. he is on the limit, man. I mean, he is no, so no good question. on the edge, is,
1: no question.
0: But it's very interesting because Scotty uh, designed um, a new a linkage. You know, for the linkage that if you don't know much about it, basically the shock in relation to the swing arm, the the linkage can can tr- kind of helps the rate of how the swing arm works and grip and all this kind of stuff. Scotty designed one on his own. Et built it um, for him. They made multiples, so it was available to Hector. But their partnership so strong with Alpha that, in terms of like what's going on up front with the with the cups that go inside the steering head, so it controls the the forward the forward aft motion the, of the actual forks themselves, plus the pivot angle, um, so it can affect uh, you know a bunch of stuff on the bike. After the last round, which was just a couple of weeks ago, so it was, it was, what was our last round, pit race? Mm-hmm. Is that, well, yeah. was that the last yeah. one? So after pit race, Scotty sent a request into Alpha and said, can I get this spec of cups does, you know, built for the next race so we can have that available to change the front-end geometry of the bike? And they showed up in multiples, like enough so Hector could have them. And those two, those two subtle changes, however they're utilizing them, he wouldn't give me the details of it, obviously, and I don't want to know, but those two changes have made a big difference for PJ in terms of the feel that PJ needs, you know? Yeah. Because PJ loves rear end. The he controls the motorcycle like a dirt tracker. He likes rear the way that the bike feels on the rear end of the bike. He likes a, a little bit longer wheelbase bike and all that kind of stuff. So that's been kind of a big deal. The question mark was, Jason, can that new setup go the distance in terms of tire wear? And that's where we are in the race now, where you where yeah. you pick it up with with the race action.
1: Yeah, and I think that there's a there's a point where every rider has to understand that now when you're spinning and you're not letting electronics take control or how you get on the throttle is also such a huge key ingredient in this. Like how you get from that mid corner like rolling through the middle of it to first initial crack of the throttle. Um, taking care of the tires and understanding certain things are going to be, I think what I'm trying to say, Greg, is I think it's a balance and I think you'd agree. It's a balance of rider and parts that you bring into a team or te- bring into a bike, both have to be adjustable. And, uh, you know, we saw PJ, like four laps in at Pittsburgh, not have a tire underneath him. So it doesn't matter how fast you are. If you're going to go four laps in a 20 lap race and not have anything for the last 16 laps. So this one though it was much more sustainable. In the first race, Greg, it ended up being Gagne over Cam Peterson and Matthew Skoltz. That was your podium. Petrucci did everything he could to finish fourth uh, because PJ ended up literally right behind him. Like, barely, barely held off. Um, Petrucci barely held off PJ in this case. Hector Barbera uh, was a little bit further behind them in sixth. Hayden Gillum, who just continues to impress me, rode uh, around the seventh. Uh, he beat Ashton Yates. Jake Lewis was ninth. Travis Wyman, 10th. To finish out the points was uh, Anthony Lewis, Ezra Bobier-Posh, and Hunter Dunham. So we kind of went from a one point championship lead to, I think it was 13 going into Sunday. Was it not? It was a 13 was th- point lead going into Sunday. And yeah. Cause he gained 12 points and kind of the buildup to the show for Greg and I on Sunday was the fact that, you know, we sit there and we watch these, these races and we're like, man, Poor Danilo, he doesn't really have anybody, does he, to help him? Like in the sense that it's not like there's other Ducatis up there that can fight and help him kind of get in between. That's why they're trying to bring in Heron for the last round. And had I been that team, and I kind of thought that I would have, I would have thought that kind of mid-season on, they would have been putting Heron on that bike to go test in places. I would have maybe thought if that was the case, Greg, get him anywhere, get him used to the bike, let him go ride the thing. I mean, he's so he's so adjustable on a bike, anyways. Like bike handling skills wise. I think I've told you in the past that I've seen him do some stuff and Josh Hayes and I both talked about it. Some stuff that he does on the racetrack at track days. We just sit there and go, wow, we just literally can't do that. Um, <laughs> but that said, there's a difference between having tremendous bike handling skills and being able to do certain things and being able to go as fast as the guys are going at the front right now in superbike because they're breaking lap records. It seems like pretty much everywhere we go. Um, but on Sunday, Danilo did have a teammate, and that was the weather, wasn't it? I mean, he's he's kind yeah. of renowned. Oh, yeah. He's a renowned wet weather rider in the sense that he's amazing in the rain. And I think all you have to do is watch the first 10 seconds of that start. I watched it again last night. I think Mode America posted it, or, or they did. Uh, you know what, S. Greg? It was on crash.net, or it was on one of them. No, it was on GP1. GP1.
0: There was a GP1. seven, like a seven minute highlight or something, and GP1 put that. it in there. So it's the start of the race, and, and Petrucci just. Was behind, I don't know, Gagne or something, or
1: Peterson, Campi and then and just, just, swept, just swept to the boom. inside, and boom, that was the end of that. I mean, it was like the speed differential between him and everybody else just going into turn one was that's just a tremendous feel. And you have to wonder, too, Greg, that you know the tire talk that we've spoke of so much, where you've talked about how that bike is developed around Pirellis and they're softer and they're this and that. You put him on rain tires, and it's probably you know because of the softness of a rain tire, it probably does put a lot of feel underneath him a lot more than maybe he has in the dry. Yeah. Additionally, Jay, you're
0: softening up the whole suspension anyway. Correct. So so the
1: whole bike, so the yeah, the
0: tire and the suspension are making everything nice and soft and yeah. And feel, you know what he said to me, which you know what he said, Jay, that I thought was interesting. And I know you've been on other tires other than, you know, in your racing career, other than Dunlops. But he said, the thing is, is that when you ride on the Pirelli tires and you run over a rock you know, or a pebble or whatever in the paddock, you don't feel it. Yeah. He goes, when you, when true. you're rolling through the paddock, he said, I can feel every single pebble on a Dunlop. Like that's how stiff it is coming through that Ducati. And it's a, just a function of the design of the bike. It, it goes steering head to engine. The engine's a rigid member of the frame. And then the steering head, uh, the, the pivot or the, um, yeah, the pivot, the swing arm pivot is, is attached to the frame. So there's just no adjust, no tunability Like you have on a, on a twin spar frame, like you see on the, the Ducati, I mean, on the Japanese bikes or on the BMW. So it's, what's you so know, ironic said about what you're Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah.
1: Of yeah. Course. But I mean, there's like, a top level rider that can did has that feel. You can, I rode on some Michelins at the Suzuka eight hour one year that were the front was so hard that you literally couldn't really feel it. You had to just kind of hope and trust. And, and I'll never forget Damien, <laughs> yeah. Damien Cudlin said to me, cause I came in to fill in there. And he says to me, Jason, this is what he tells me at the beginning of the week. Do not be surprised if you lose the front and you're on your ass without even knowing what you did. He goes, because the Michelin technicians then were not telling the riders what tires they were actually putting on the bike. So in other words, I would come Mm. in and go, wow, that feels really good. I got some feel, but they wouldn't, that wouldn't guarantee that I was going to be on that tire the next time out. And it ended up happening to me where I lost the front. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, I don't even know what just happened. So if Danilo's riding around with kind of those feels all the time, then yeah, that's going to be hard for hard for him, you know? But in the wet, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was a, a man amongst children almost because the way he just ran away. I mean, he just yeah. like, he won by 6.6 seconds. And to be fair, it could have been more. The big question was in that race, and uh, it, for me, Greg, was if you remember – it kind of like was misty rain kind of, enough to get the track wet, but not enough to get the track soaked. So these softer Dunlop rains were probably getting worn out quite a bit. And then if you remember right, like on the last lap or two, it started to pour and all of the riders, I think across the board were kind of like, man, it was going to get real sketchy because the, the rain tires were, <laughs> were getting chewed up pretty worn bad. Out. Yeah. They were getting pretty worn out. And so when it came down to, the end of the race, when it started to pour, it probably became a little bit sketchy. But race two results showed Petrucci over Matthew Schultz, who rode brilliant, by the way. And he did have the pace. Uh, he actually went quicker lap to lap. Uh, mind you, by the time Matthew got to second, Petrucci was already gone. But Matthew did have a the, the, uh, winning pace. He had to start from the back of the grid, though, which was unfortunate. Gagne ended up third. And Greg, some might even say it was a lucky third because Camp Peterson crashed in front of him. Ashton Yates had actually passed him. We didn't get to see that, but Ashton Yates had actually passed uh Gagne. And I think Jake had got back by and then Ashton tipped off. Unfortunately, I had a great talk with Aaron Sunday night when I was trying to leave the racetrack. Mm. Uh, Hector Barbara ended up fourth over camp. Hold Peterson, on. PJ, PJ was in front of him too. Pete PJ early was in front of Gagne too. And he, yeah, but it. that you almost can't count that. Cause he made it like one lap, one corner. Nah, right, right, I agree. Right, PJ right. would have been, but I agree with you. PJ probably would have been up there too. Campy ends up fifth after riding around the last lap in two corners with no left clip on. It didn't look like, Um, yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. Jake Lewis ended up sixth over Gillum, Dave Anthony, Coffee, Brandon Posh ended up tenth. Flinders, Dunham, Escalante, Nolan, and Danilo Lewis. And now let's talk about Danilo Lewis real quick. Greg, he was on a borrowed R one, came from the back of the grid and was running a very, very, very solid sixth place. Where when this heavy rain came, he was a victim of that, and he actually tipped over. So, we had a bunch of notable non-finishers, but what it did for the championship is it took that championship from thirteen points down to four points now. As we head off to Barber, and I mean, I'm not going to say anything that you don't already believe. If it rains, Petrucci is going to be a big problem down there. A uh, big problem. I think he's going to be a big problem, anyways. I think it's that track's going to be a big problem for Yamaha. Not yeah. for Ducati. He's going to be the hero of the year. I think you know? that I think that he's going in there with a with a. Uh, the odds are definitely a lot more in his favor now than they probably were, and I think going to a place like Barber that's smooth, fast, flowy, they'll be. I think I think I believe it'll be easier for them to get up to speed on this Ducati. Um, probably more so well. than any track. Maybe maybe other than more than any other racetrack that we've gone to. Maybe for just him. Coda is the only one, but, you know, that was... But is so bumpy, and we can't really look at it because, I mean, the Yamahas had big issues at that place this year. And I just think is extremely bumpy, unforgiving. I don't think it was that good of a track for the Ducati, to be fair. I think it, other than the top wow. speeds and stuff, but I think that... Um, I just think that we didn't, we didn't really get to see anything there, did we? We didn't have to get, get no, to see it. No,
0: you have the entire, you know, I mean, there's, there's emotion tied. He's Italian, right? You know, as, as, as I'm half Italian, the emotion tied into it. You're racing in front of your paddock that you just retired from. Ducati has tons of data information across the board there. Yep. Everybody was there to help out. Uh, you know, Yamaha struggled on top of that. Petrucci knows the track. I mean, Coda was like the perfect storm. You know, it's, I think at this point, if you're this deep into the season, you are Ducati and you're Petrucci. There is no better track in the U.S. that we could finish on. Maybe other than what? Not even Road America. What? Barber.
1: I think Barber's the best That's what I'm saying.
0: Barber, there's no better track to
1: finish this championship on. And there's no worse track for the penultimate round to be at than Jersey for them. That's, I felt like if he could come out of there, I thought if he could come out of there. He lost three points. That's it. Dude. I mean, he lost three points. I thought if he could come out of there just kind of the way he did, I thought, yeah, I mean, it's it's great for us. It's going to be great, great for us, and we're going to see everybody pushing to the limit down there. Um, And I think that it's going to be super tight, super close, even chippy, I would say, down there. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, you got to ask yourself as a fan listening to this thing, who's Gagne to you and who's Petrucci to you? You know, if you're Italian, right. you're pulling, it's your GP1, you're pulling for Petrucci. But if you're, you know, from the U.S. and you're still bitter about what Petrucci said at the beginning of the year and he's your, you know, if he's the villain, you know, who you rooting yeah. for? I mean, this is F you know, college football is, is on
1: Saturday, people. It's all if, about motorcycle racing. If you look at Friday, Friday is so key. I think if it rains on Friday and. Mm. There's, there's. I've thought about this probably too much, but I was on a plane yesterday. I had two middle seats on the way home yesterday, so I laid there awake most of the time. Yeah, it was a little bit brutal because I had to change my Ouch. flight from Sunday, and there was nothing else available all day. So I'm sitting there, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, if it was to rain on Friday, right? That's the best possible case scenario for everybody else. For Petrucci, we already know how good he is in the rain. But then if it yeah. brightens up for Saturday, Sunday, that rain on Friday kills Petrucci because it doesn't really allow him to get a good setup in the dry on Friday. You know what I mean? Yes. And then flip it around and you go, well, if it's perfect weather on Friday and then it was to rain on Saturday or Sunday, that would really hurt everybody else because they wouldn't be able to they get great dry setups. I think Petrucci, you know, it wouldn't matter. They, they don't even need to do that. You know how they had that little practice session before the race on Sunday so the guys could go out and ride in the rain and see what the track is like? Yeah, Petrucci doesn't even need that. He doesn't no. even need that setup. That doesn't.
0: He raced so, enough. In G- he raced yeah. enough in GP, and there's enough Petrucci data available to know how to adjust that bike to Petrucci's liking. It's not, you know, it's. I, I mean, Gagne is really good in the wet too. He, he's not. Nobody's Petrucci right now, or Kayla Yakov in the rain. Unreal. Right? Yeah, but um, I think that we don't race enough in the rain where we have 100% perfect rain setup for Jake Gagne. You know, you know what I mean. Like I'm sure that they're still discovering. Yeah, some he things wasn't.
1: And- he wasn't his comfortable self, and I think that what that what that actually meant for Jake is he couldn't push the way he wanted to. He had he was riding on a knife's edge where it was like he didn't want to crash. He doesn't want to throw that away, right? So he did everything he could, and he had to watch those guys disappear. And I'll tell you, <laughs> the the fly in the ointment here, Matthew Schultz, because Matthew Schultz in the wet is unreal. And yeah, and if you remember last year, though, GW he's, he's
0: as good as Petrucci, if not. But better. I'll tell
1: you this: last year, in those downpours that we had, Camp Peterson was everything for Matthew as well. So maybe it's yeah. a track thing too. When you have a track that everybody knows has quite a bit of grip in the rain, it'll just be interesting to see how all that sort of sorts itself out. Were there any were there any big surprises for you on the weekend in the sense of? Uh,
0: you know, and super riders bikes. and
1: yeah. No, I think other PJ. Than, other than
0: PJ. Yeah, I think yeah. PJ was the was the big standout there, and we've kind of gone over that. So Ashton, how about Ashton in the rain? Oh yeah, Ashton Yates, hundred percent Yeah, really yeah. good. Like, yeah, and tip of the cap to Shibie too for giving him a bike that he can ride too in the rain. So I I yeah, I would have liked to have seen that continue on for sure. Yeah,
1: so. I I I uh yeah, I really rate Ashton. I think he's done a really really good job and um this whole year and they're they're happy. I talked to Aaron Yates more than I'd talked to him in a long time this week. We were literally leaving the track. There was it's nobody so around weird. us and he came walking up to my car. I talked to him Saturday for such a long time and I was just like, dude, man, I missed just I talking loved to it. this dude. Yeah. I just loved it. And I actually went over to that team in the morning after first practice on Friday cuz I saw a little something and you know me, G Dub. I will never walk up to somebody that I don't know or haven't really ever worked with and just interject something, right? Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I said I never do that. But I did do it in this case, and they were having. <laughs> Who a don't big, you know? Well, no, it's but I am not nice. just gonna go up and go, "Oh, hey, I think you should try this or try that." But yeah, I just saw well, something true. out there, you know? Yeah. And I went over there, and they were in a team meeting. It was like Aaron and Ashton and Shiby and and um, Lucky was there, at, I think as well. And and anyways, they were all there sitting down i said hey can i just can i say something and i just told ashton something i saw and aaron came over to me later and and uh saw him on a scooter later i said hey aaron i hope it was okay i did that he's like no it was good because you might have made him slower i'm like yeah i probably did but anyways <laughs> um but he he thought it was great and he goes man it was just so nice to see you there like walking around and i'm like well since my ankle has been eh." It, it's hard for me to walk around still, you know? So, but, but yeah. Jersey was nice. Cause it's kind of a t- the paddock is all right there with those garages. So with
0: the garages. Yeah. You know, we don't it's have just that, all that extra real estate you know? on the canopies. It's nice.
1: Yeah. It's so anyways, it was, um, but I, I think yeah, he's, a, a he,
0: I have to say Aaron, Aaron's in good spirits. He, um, great he's, got a jo- he's got a job now. He's working he does, at a dealership. Yeah. He yeah. told me and, like he's Polaris great, and he's, all that. Yeah. He, ever since I've known him and you know, in the early days and stuff, I would go down to Georgia. When I lived there, I'd go down to Macon or near his house, whatever, Milledgeville. And, and he had some land and I would ride there a little bit and get clowned out and all that kind of stuff. But, um, he's always been a tinkerer. He you know, every, ever since I've known him, he's had XR 100 motors and pieces and this and that, and always liked to mess around with stuff. And I always kind of thought, you know, he would be a good guy to work in a shop. And, uh, yeah, he's working at his local dealer and he just likes the interaction and he's just enjoys getting up every morning with a purpose. You know that kind of thing, so yep. it's good to see it. It's got a good uh, a good thing going on, but now I mean I think that's that's cool. Um, on the Superbike standpoint, Jason said it all, man. So the only so there's only 50 points left in this championship. So there's only two riders left to win the number one plate. That's Gagne Petrucci. Cameron Peterson is in third, 59 points. But the thing is, for Cam Peterson, he's also got to hold on. He's got to hold on to third place where where Scultz is trying to get after it. And Skults wants that third place, even though they're buddies and they are, they they've known each other a long, long time. And yep. you know, there's the stories they'll tell you about, you know, my, I used to ride for his dad or whatever it is. But, uh, so that'll be interesting, but moving on to super sport on that side of things, uh, you know, me, Jay, I'm not a big history was made kind of a guy, right? Because I mean, when you say <laughs> statements like that, I mean, every time you do something, every second that you live is history, but the whole thing, when we look at riders and we look at, uh, you know records and things like that josh hayes had an unbelievable weekend this weekend at jersey (laughs) i mean just unbelievable and it i don't care how old he is it was just a great deal he gets back on the squid hunter bike they built the bike to his liking he goes out there in race number one and he goes he wins a thing four and a half seconds over heron rocco in third mesa benjamin smith Jared Nassani, Lockoff, who's back in action. Luke Power in eighth, C.J. LaRoche, Carl Sotis, Liam Grant, and Um Emerson on down the line, old bobblehead. And then in race two, it was Hayes over Mesa by 10 seconds, Benjamin Smith, Josh Heron, Nassani, Tyler Scott, who ended up crashing in race one, grounding his finger down, grinding his finger down, uh, his ring finger on his right hand. Ugh. Painful, yeah. It was funny that he's so funny. Because who did he tell? Was it Hannah? That, oh, no, it's just a scratch. When he showed yeah. me the picture, and it was it was like Raspoli's fingertips, which if, if you haven't seen it, go find James Raspoli on Instagram. And that's exactly what it looked like. But it was like the top of the first knuckle of his finger and back to the middle knuckle. It had just <clears throat> ground down to the bone.
1: And, is Ty Scott the like, most understated writer in the paddock? Yeah, he is. Yeah, He just is like super... You know what's funny is if you get him alone, he is just a normal... He is just as... He's He's articulate articulate and funny funny. and cool and, and and, you know, it's a ballbuster. He's a ball. I literally,
0: after all this time I say to him, last time I saw him, anything else I should know? He stops. He's like on his, he's got his chick on his back. He's on, you know, the scooter or whatever, pit bike. He's getting ready to pull away, clutches out. He starts moving or whatever. I go, anything else I should know? He stops, puts his feet on the ground, turns and looks at me. goes, I'm still 16. I was like, yeah, no, no <laughs> shit, Sherlock.
1: <laughs> good kid, man. I like him a lot. Yeah, because I mean,
0: last year we called him sixteen when he was still fifteen. And then he just oh, he just endlessly just busts my stones about that. That's good. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thing is, is it's you, you gotta look at it like it's pretty funny. He gets bumped up to this class this year and he's trying to develop a bike. Yeah. And he's leading races and he's doing all this stuff, but it's like, and he won one. He won one already more than you and did. He's won one. Yeah. He won at road America more than me. Yeah. Well, which that's like, don't, don't compare like good riders to me. That's just useless compared to all these guys. But, but Hayes, I mean, what are you going to say about Josh? I mean, there's, 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 you can't, there's not, there's nothing else you can really say about the guy. He's just, he's got his business done and he's, he's wants to still ride. He still has the desire and he can, the great part is Greg, is he rides at a level where it never looks like he's taken any big risks and he's capable of still winning and having the race pace that he does. And we know historically Jersey's always been pretty good to him. So for him to do what he did there uh, on the weekend, I don't, I can't really say it surprised anybody. I watched him in first practice and he led first. Yeah, practice, but let, let, think, let's talk specifically yeah. about Sunday. So Sunday,
0: Sunday comes. Well, let's it, talk about it, Saturday
1: it's... first. Cause Heron did lock up the championship Saturday.
0: Yeah, he did. Sorry. You're absolutely yeah. right. And and we deserve to talk about that. And, yeah. and so so for Josh Heron, going back to it, he – he, it was a gritty performance. Josh could have rolled out of it Great. and done basically anything he wanted to do. And he just stuck his nose there and wanted to race for it. And I, But he had, had to beat to- Rocco.
1: No, he had to beat Rocco, remember?
0: Oh, to he wrap had, it up that day. That's To wrap it, it up did. that day. Yes, he had yes, to yes, beat yes. him. And yeah.
1: they came across the line four and a half, 4.5 and 4.6 seconds across the line behind Hayes. There's a tenth between them. So Mm -hmm. Heron did what he had to do. They let Hayes disappear. And it was like, but on the flip side of it, all three of the front runners did 23.2. That was the fastest lap of the race. Twenty three point two oh seven was Heron. And the other guys did twenty three point twos as well. Uh, So when you look at it, you know, Hayes kind of disappeared. And then it was just, it was mano y mano. It was Heron versus Landers and Stefano Mesa, by the way, who had a tremendous (laughs) weekend was sitting there the whole time. And, being smart about like, I mean, it's just great when you see a guy like Mesa who probably, you know, would love, would have loved to have stuck his nose in there more, but he wasn't going to do anything stupid. He even told me, he's like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm not going to ruin these guys this season, you know, which, but what a but, stud. but the thing about Mesa too, don't you think like he understands, like he makes
0: a living poaching contingency. He Correct. knows he's fast. He knows he can go to these club races. He can win money that's offered. He buys the bikes. It's exactly what contingency is designed for. He's got track records at these tracks that we not, you know, not national tracks, I guess you could say that we go to. And he's, but he's, it's not like he needed to stick his nose in there in hopes that he's going to get on a, on a ride. Like he knows kind of where he feels he fits in. And I think he's comfortable with the life that he has, you know, it's not like where if, if that person in that position was 16 years old and it was mom and dad and the possibility he's going to ride for him for, or the possibility he's going to ride for Ducati. Yeah. It might've been a different story than yeah. a Mesa who's just mature about his speed, where his program is. I mean, you know, we talked about it. He's got to go race this weekend <laughs> so we can earn enough money to go down to Barber, you know? Yeah. So no, he's,
1: he's a good dude, but I mean, Heron did everything he had to do. He rode well all year long and, you know, for him to beat Rocco, that was the main goal. So it frees him up, you know? Yeah.
0: So then we get to Sunday and, and, you know, so anyway, Hayes goes 85 total career wins in all classes, 86 is to tie Miguel. So we go to Sunday and Sunday morning it's, it's spitting rain, right? Jay. And you and I have talked about it before, whether it's a session or whether it's a line on the racetrack, Mm -hmm. you got to You got to go out and try everything. Like go out and try stuff, go out and ride. You know, there there's been times before I'll never forget it, dude. We're at Vegas, Mm -hmm. the old Vegas Speedway. And if you remember, kind of towards the end of the lap, there was this long right-hander that was just around the edge of like this massive piece of asphalt. But everybody was kind of doing the same thing. And I sat there and and you were like, why don't you try that inside line? And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, why would I try the inside line? Everybody else is trying the outside line. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, but if you need that inside line to pass somebody, don't you want to know what it's going to do in there if it's dirty how does it feel is it working like why wouldn't you you have all this time in practice to try this stuff go try it and then endurance racing taught me that too right like you can try a bunch of stuff during an endurance race especially back in the day when you were racing a gsxr 1100 versus a freaking sv650 at the same track Mm -hmm. you'd have to try different things and so i think you and i are in the same deal Like, Jay, there were a bunch of people that decided not to go out in morning practice in the conditions that it ended up being identical to the race. What would you
1: say to the people that didn't go out? It's okay. So, you know, what I want to talk about real quick is is the fact that being in America, I cannot tell you how different it is living and racing here in America than it is all around the rest of the world. And let me use this as an example. If it was 10 o'clock anywhere in the morning, and the rest of the world, and it is absolutely pouring rain and your race is at two o'clock in the afternoon, and, or let's say nine o'clock in the morning practice and your race is at two in the afternoon, and they're forecasting it to be sunny. Everybody in America goes, well, we're not going to go out in the rain because it's going to be sunny by two o'clock. And what if it's not, what if it isn't, um, you've just given up all that time. And there are so many of these young guys that will go like, well, I'm not going out because it's, it's going to rain anyways or it's half and half how are you going to get any better if you don't go out and see those conditions for yourself there's nothing worse than being thrown into those conditions in a race had you not gone out and practiced and you know one of the things i actually did last night was i went and i looked to see how many people didn't go out for warm up in the morning of of this race right and there was only two that didn't go out in, in warm up Sunday morning in that class in, in, in um super sport? Super sport, yeah. Specifically, okay. Yep, there was two. And then I looked even in um I looked in Stock Thousand because I know that was a big that was a big day for the championship and all those kind of things as well. So I thought I'll look that up too and and basically, uh hold on a second, G Dub. There was one, two, three, four five, six, seven, eight people that didn't go out for practice, eight, Mm. eight people didn't go out for practice that morning. Now, great. Hayden Gillum still went 23 flat. The track was fine. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what Greg and I are getting at is when you look at the super sport results, um, as great as Heron was this year, as good as he is, I'm tired of hearing him whine, you know, at the end. And, He's throwing his arm up, coming down the straightaway every lap during the race. Then he gets on TV and blasts Moto America. And I would I would sit here on this podcast and tell you 1,000%. If he was 100% correct, I would have said, hey, he's right. They didn't care. And they didn't this and they didn't that. But that's not the case. And you, know, you got Josh Hayes who's won how many championships? Eight, seven? Seven. Seven. He's won seven championships. He's out front. If there was a guy... That could have dictated this race by throwing his arm up in the air. It would have been Josh Hayes, correct? So, correct. He's leading by ten seconds. He could have thrown his arm up in the air and bitched and moaned and taken his win. But you know what? He didn't. He adjusted his pace, and it was only three seconds, Greg. He did minute. T- he actually went quicker in the second race than he did the first. He went twenty two nine early, and then he was like low twenty threes for the majority. And then when it started to just sprinkle and mist. He was doing 25s and 26s still. He went two to three seconds a lap slower. That was it. The lap prior to the red flag, he went like a minute 28. And then they red flagged it at the perfect time. Like, legitimately at the perfect time. And do you know how many DNFs we had in that race, Greg? One? None? Zero. We had Zero. zero. Everybody just slowed their pace down, okay? And went around the track. And so... I'm sitting there and I get really like – look, I said a lot of great things about Heron this year, but I'm just tired of him spouting off, trying to get clicks or whatever it is he's doing. I just don't understand it. Like you're diminishing your championship by putting the series down. And to me, that just doesn't make any sense. And Hayes got up on the podium and said, oh, I just slowed my pace. And the other thing he did, he did six or seven laps. I looked it up. He did six or seven laps in morning warm-up in the exact same kind of conditions that he raced in and he said on the podium, if you listen to him, he said, I wanted to go out and warm up because if the conditions were the same as for the race, I wanted to make sure that I was prepared. Hmm. And he did. And I, and, and Mesa and Smith, they were kind of looking at each other. Right. I mean, they were going back and forth. They were still racing. And you know who the fastest guy on the track was during the time, but he was bitching. Josh Aaron. Yeah. So if he would have just kept his head down, hey, you won the championship the day before. If you feel that unsafe, pull in. Right? I mean, just pull in. But there were zero DNFs. Moto America did a tremendous job, I thought, in letting the race keep going. And nobody fell over. Everybody kept going around. They red flagged the race right when the rain came. And that was the end of it. Hayes also said the only
0: slip up he had, right, was right there. Like He goes, the only <laughs> yeah. time that I had a slip that where the traction slipped, like we rear end, I think the, then the fly came out. So
1: I just don't understand it. Like I just, for me, it's like just weird. Like, mm. you know, um, it is what it is. I mean, you could, you can be however you want to be, but it's, it's, you know, I feel like when I looked at everything that happened this week and and I, I 100% firmly believe that Moto America's main priority is safety at these racetracks. It is, it is safety. And there's a lot of people that work on trying to make it as safe as they can. And there's a lot of people that go a lot. I mean, do you know how, how hard it must be to put on a race anywhere in the world, like MotoGP or, or World Superbike or BSB or Moto America? I mean, it is a gigantic effort put through to do that. and, to get on TV and just blast him like that, it's so stupid.
0: Yeah. Anyway. It's tough. I mean, it's tough for me because Heron's being Heron, and I get it, and it's his right to say anything he wants. But, yeah. you know, it's – it's. I love Mode America, and you're right, Jay. I mean, dude, I put on an archery tournament, you know, and I know how hard yep. that was this year, let alone this big traveling circus that goes to 10 different events and, you know, all the stuff that goes into – goes into it. I mean from from the moment that you're trying to even get a date to to put the event on to all the people that you have to hire and fire and all the volunteers and then you know you have all the marketing associated with it and you have the safety and air fence deployment and all this kind of stuff and I think that people tend to uh people in general they just tend to look at their own little piece whether they're a rider or a team owner or a mechanic and sometimes there's no wiggle room to understand the logistics involved and all the things involved and how many people are getting wow. pulled in so many di- or how many people want to pull people in certain directions. Right? Like it's just, it's yeah. Got to look know, past yourself sometimes. sometimes and you got to realize yeah, a little perspective.
1: you're here, you're racing in this championship. This is where you are. This is where you're making a living. You're able to make a living here. And you know, you, 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 you spoil a great weekend. I mean, in the sense that you just won a championship, you did great, man. You did so well. Like, you did everything right, and he did a lot right this year, and I have praised him for that all year yeah. long. I've said how great but, he's riding. but, but you also your point is.
0: I think your point is. Look, man, it's it's hard to it's hard for you to make a statement that says act like
1: a champion. If you're going to be a champion, act like one.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's just move on to the next one. Speaking of champions, dude, let's go, let's go to Junior Cup because what we saw in SportBikeTracker.com Junior Cup was incredible on Sunday, but. What a race we had on Saturday. Gus Rodeo wins over LeMandre Jr. Spencer Humphreys, the 19 year old on the Bart Con Racing entry, who's a yeah. local rider there. He actually told me that when I saw him on Sunday, he mentioned to me that they're, I think he's in for Barber. They're talking about that they want him to go. Um, Ryota Ojiwara, 14 years old in two days, ends up right there in the mix as well. And then Kayla Yakov with Avery Dreyer. Now, I just mentioned six names. They were covered by 7 tenths of a second. The margin yeah, of victory unreal. was 16 thousandths of a second. Spencer Humphreys finished Jason Pridmore thousands behind in third.
1: <laughs> 43, yeah, he, that is, folks. Love and seeing Rody. that kid up front. Yeah, it's it absolutely great. Yeah, what an He's interview. What an interview. Else. Like, super articulate and respectful. Yep. and Yeah, great.
0: Yeah. I was hoping that Rio Riota Ojiwaro was going to get on because I want to see – you know, how much English the 14 year old speaks. And, and, and I went over to that pit twice and, uh, and I never really got to meet him. Not never really. I didn't get to meet him, which was a shame. I wanted to, I wanted to meet and, uh, and, and see what his thoughts are. But someone made a comment to me, we got to sign this kid. I'm like, Hey, slow down. Like he's 14 years, two days old. I'm not sure if uh, a career in moto America is, is on the docket for the rest of this kid's life right now. You know, like, Everybody just relax. Um, plus, I'd love to see how uh, Ojiwara goes at a place like Barber. I'm not sure. I didn't get to talk to um, to uh, Iso to see if if Ojiwara is on there, and I haven't seen the entry list yet. But anyway, yeah, good good race. Uh, it looked like it was coming down to the final three, and then all of a sudden, Gus Rodeo on the left hand part of your screen just drafts by everybody and wins by sixteen thousandths of a second. And I thought that it was just. It was awesome stuff. Um, when we got to the Sunday, by the time we get there, Jason, the conditions were better than Superbike from the perspective of it had rained and the track was wet. Like there was no, like in Superbike, it was like, it was a wet track, but you didn't even see like mist coming off the tire. So in this one, there were puddles. There was all kinds of stuff. We had mm-hmm. two parts of this race in the first part of the race. Kayla Yakov goes, what, Jay? Was it five laps of the 10 or something that we had scheduled? Yeah, she was Possibly. gone. Yeah. Seven and a half second lead. She was checked out. Yep. Unfortunately, I think Max Van went down. The bike landed in the middle of the track. Max was okay. Uh, but they had to red flag the race. Race gets going again. Kayla ends up winning by 2.8 seconds over Gus Rodeo. Cody Wyman, uh, LaMondre Jr. in fourth place. Avery Dreyer, Aiden Thau. Keegan Brown, I believe one of the best for Keegan, top seven, and then Spencer Humphreys in eighth. You know, different track when it's wet for sure. Owen Williams, uh, DNF with Ojiwara, who
1: destroyed that thing, and then Max yeah, van. Yeah. Um I think that the big talking point though, right, is Cody. I mean, we haven't seen Cody really make a mistake at all. And he yeah. was dumbfounded by the mistake made on Saturday. Even up to yesterday, I was texting him and he says, Jay, it was so crazy that he didn't really know what had happened. Um, he went over the bumps in three C and he says, I was on my ass like immediately. And you know, I haven't, I, I know it was uh right ankle, which was better than left. And it, it tells me that he probably had that, that trapped underneath the bike as he went sliding along and twisted his right ankle pretty bad. Cause he was up icing it a lot on that night. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at things there, it, it it was weird because he had a huge points lead coming in, and Gus Rodeo did everything he needed to do. I mean he he has a first and a second on the weekend to close that gap now going into Barber, um, but we hadn't seen Cody make any mistakes, and I think for Cody to come back on Sunday and put it on the podium uh, was a huge ride for him because he, I think. Having it be wet, Greg, was easier than it would have been if it was dry, too. I think the conditions played a part in that for him, which I think was helpful. But he had LaMondre Jr. coming up pretty quickly. Joe had to start from pit lane um, as he crashed in that that warm-up. Remember the little warm-up they had before the race in the rain? That's right, yes. He fell in that. So they did everything they could to thrash to get that bike back together. I think he started from pit lane. So you can imagine once the field goes past him and then he's got – it's not a normal pit lane exit, is it? they got to go through that little S and then get back on the track and – You know, Joe ended up coming back and finishing fourth. So by all accounts, it was a great weekend for Joe too. He had a second and a fourth, probably would have been better in race two had he been able to start up front. Um, But now we've got a real championship battle going into um, the final race of the year because Cody's at 264. He's got a 20 point lead right now over Gus Rodeo. Kayla's at 232. So mathematically, she's still in it. She's 32 points back. Joe is still in it, too, mathematically. He's 35 points back with 50 points on hand. So this championship will go, I think, it could possibly go to the final race. That said, if Cody Wyman, tell me if I'm wrong here, but if Cody Wyman wins the first race Saturday, he wins the championship.
0: One, two, three, four, five, six. He's got six wins. So if he won, that'd be seven. Gus has two wins. Yes,
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think Gus only has two wins. I feel like he's (laughs) he's done so well, but if you look at his points, it's like you know he had a zero at um, I think it was Brainerd, and he had a bad race two before that, which probably was Laguna. I think yeah, Laguna Laguna race one. He all those kids had bad races. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: Where Cody, yeah. he, Cody DNF'd, you know, VIR, or had zero points in, in VIR race one. But it's been an up and down season. What's really interesting, Jay, is there's been 33 people this year that have scored points in Junior Cup. Ten of those 33 have been on the podium. That's nearly 30% of the riders have at least been on the podium at one time. Ten different riders Pretty have wild. been on the box. Yeah, that's really I good. mean how many championships can you say that about at 30% of the field? Nearly 30%. I get it, people. It's 29.2 or twenty. Yeah, yeah, point, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I mean, I'm just going, you know, I'm, I'm in the business of selling things, okay? And I'm selling you a story. of 30%.
1: <laughs> great.
0: All right. So stop yelling at your car radio right now. I understand what percentages are. What I'm saying is still, nonetheless, that's pretty darn good when you look pretty at good. it from that perspective. How about Especially Kaelin because what? it feels like it's been dominated by Cody, you know, to me. Yeah. So. Um, it's going to be, it's so I like Jason, had this been seven points going into this weekend and now we're sitting at 20 points, it would feel like, wow, that's, that's a big, that's big in junior cup. The fact that Cody had such a massive lead and then gave up what? 29 points. Is that what he gave up this, right? He gave up 29, 28 points this weekend. We're sitting there looking at 20 going, wow, it's only down to 20, but still 20 points is a healthy lead. Yeah. still good. It's, he's yep. he's in good shape, especially if it stays dry. Cody has such control over that four hundred, and it's a swan song in the class. All right, he turns uh, twenty nine in November, God. so
1: yeah, it's yeah. And across the board, dude, everybody loves Cody. It's great. He's you know everybody yep. likes having him there. So you know good he's done a good job. So let's talk. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Stock thousand. Yeah, let's talk about stock thousand because that was a. Uh, I mean,
0: that's that that's exactly how it needed to be, really. So in stock thousand. Corey Alexander goes into the weekend with a a nice lead in the championship. Hayden Gillum, his only shot was to win. All Corey had to do was finish fifth or better. It ends up that way. Hayden wins. Travis Wyman in second, who kept Hayden honest, just, just showed some speed, almost out of nowhere. I mean, Travis had been there, but he'd been struggling a little bit, and then all of a sudden for the race, he showed up. Brandon Posh had a good run at it, beating Mesa by just a couple tenths of a second. And then Corey Alexander did what he needed to do. He was locked into it. Corey did, I think, the third fastest lap of the race, but he ends up in fifth place with a good—I can't remember what—five seconds over Jeff May, Anthony Mazziotto in seventh place on a Yamaha 1000, then Ezra Bobier, Hunter Dunham, ninth, Jeremy Coffey in tenth place. So, Jason, you have an intimate, you know, look at this championship. Corey Alexander wins the number one plate. He's twenty-five points ahead. Uh, in, in the championship with only one race left, which is 25 points, but Corey has more. So right now they're tied. Corey wins it. What do you think, Jay? Great
1: season. I thought it's a great season. I mean, it was a weird season because I would have much rather seen, well, when I, when I say it's a weird season, it's racing and stuff happens, but you know, um, basically at VIR, Corey didn't get to do either one of those races, right? And so he had zeros in both. And then on the other side of it, we saw Hayden Gillum have some tremendously bad luck as well. Um, So it was kind of, it was almost like our Superbike championship in a sense that um, these two did get to race together a number of times. I remember their battle. They had such a great battle at at the Ridge and, and things like that. Um, But it was, it was kind of that whole scenario again of, who was kind of not gonna make the big mistakes? And unfortunately, Corey had had one there at um at VIR that took him out, that big crash. Remember the big crash he had there? Oh yeah. And yeah, and so when Weird you look crash. at it, yeah, Corey had two zeros there, and then he had a problem with his bike in the first race at Pittsburgh. And then if you look at um Hayden, he had a zero at it looks I think it was the second race at VIR. I can't remember what happened to him there. But I know he had it I could see that he had a zero in the second race. And then he Did had his might z- just stop running or something. I wish I could remember. I can't remember. Anyway. But it, and then he had a zero um at Pittsburgh, too, when um I oh got what happened there? Did am trying to think about how what happened there too? But it's it 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 the year just kind of blends itself together so hard because Pittsburgh, that's when they got together. Right? They got together and he tipped off. That's exactly uh-huh. right. And yeah. But, you know, the thing about Corey and Hayden um, and even Travis, they've been riding around each other for a long time. I don't know if you saw that post (laughs) that Corey did. Oh, yeah, of course. Post-race, yeah, Hayden
0: goes, he did it to me again, and that was when Corey won
1: the 600 Supersport Championship, right? That's. I think you're right. And But, dude, Hayden Gillum, and, dude, to be fair, even Travis Wyman, those guys have really impressed me this year and could be potentially really good superbike riders. I mean, Hayden's already – kind of riding a, a very, very hybrid super bike in the super bike class. I'd love to see him on a proper bike and, and Travis as well. Travis has had a great season. Um, it's weird to think that Travis hasn't won one of these races. He's had four second places, um, but he's been knocking on the door. He had a no finish at Brainerd. I remember him tipping off at Brainerd and he had only five points in uh, the first race at VIR. So the championship was well-deserved. Corey, Corey, unbelievable the stuff that kid did to put that you know to start getting that team put together and all those kind of things um i mean very very well deserved i I wish i don't know greg i wish there was a way that we could have double rounds of stock thousand at each race because this year i thought it was some of the best racing we had
0: well we know that it's very entertaining and people love to watch it right we were talking to jason kingham who posts all that stuff on the facebook and he was telling us about the popularity of stock thousand but yeah, it is what it is. Corey wins a championship. It's great for him. Uh, hopefully now, after all these years, Corey gets an opportunity somewhere, you know, to get on a, to get on a super bike. That would be great. Yep. You know, I think watching him on the edge of the tire and his control, it looks like it's going to lend itself really well to a super bike. I mean, that's what Stock 1000 is for, to give you super bike-esque type of racing, you know, kind of mid-corner speed, a little bit slower than super sport, get it on the meat of the tire, drive it out of the corner. And that's what uh, these top riders, I mean. Uh, you know, to see both, we've talked about this before in the podcast, see Corey or Hayden Gillum on a super bike, full, full-blown super bike, would be, be great. would be awesome to get done right now. On the Twins Cup side of things, Jason, Revit Twins Cup, it's it's gnarly over there, dude. Blake Davis huh. is now 15 points ahead of Mazziato Jody Berry, who had a huge lead in this championship early on. I mean, Jody Berry starts the season, he goes like, what, fifth place? Then he goes second, win, 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 win. Everybody else was like second, fifth, ninth, like crazy. But since then it's been thirteen points, points, seven points, thirteen. The hot hand right now is Blake Davis. He has not been off the podium for the last five races. He started He's off done. with a win. Yeah he struggled kind of in the, the right after that for a while. Then he started to get his legs under him. Now in the last five races, it's been two wins and three second place finishes yeah masiato was really strong in the middle like it's really weird if you go to the go to the results and look at this i got you him you see yeah. where jody berry has a a clump of podiums then you see masiato in the middle of the year and then now blake davis so it's it's uh it's going to be fun it's only 17 points between the top uh caleb de your number one plate still in the championship mathematically at 48 points but yeah. doesn't really look like there's any big threat right now very entertaining miracles. race yeah. can
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, mean, you look at Jody Berry, man. He just like, he had that little stretch of four races where he ended up second in the second race um, at uh, Atlanta. Then he goes Mm -hmm. win, 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 win. I mean, he just like was crushing it. Then he has a couple of zeros uh, in a row. Looks like, um, where were we? June 24th, the Ridge. Uh, So it looked like maybe the Ridge and Laguna gets a couple zeros. And then he like pretty lackluster. Um, you know, with sixes and sevenths and uh, six points and seven points. So yeah, it's uh, you know, again, you look across it and you go, Man, this championship and Blake Blake just seems like he started to come on at the right at the right moment. Like you said, Greg, last five races, three second places and two wins. That's just kind of getting it done. He had one no finish in Atlanta, it looks like. So that championship's going down to the wire as well. Yep, it certainly is so can't wait
0: to see out i I don't can't remember if they have one or two races i know that build train race is there i know that baggers is over
1: no they only do one stock. race uh stock oh, so, thousand there's only, and so there's only there's only three only riders one then. yeah Sorry, there's, there's no only, baggers there's
0: only blake yeah only blake Mazzato and and barry in that one on the uh on the king of the baggers side of things oh yeah, yeah. What yeah, race yeah, yeah is right i think oh, yeah, yeah. i mean it scared me it was it was just intense like all the way around Tyler O'Hara ends up winning this championship over Travis Wyman and Kyle Wyman. So at the end of the year, it ends up Travis has 10 Kyle's 12 back. Unfortunately for Travis Wyman, who led this championship going in, he didn't get a great start. He had to start making up some time. He was right there. Went over the patch. Uh, what is that turn nine or something? I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over the patch in turn nine lost the rear game over for him. Tyler O'Hara wanted to win the race. He ends up six tenths of a second behind Kyle Wyman, who just didn't seem to put a wheel wrong. I mean, with all the pressure with Tyler, all, you know, up his tailpipe and everything did a good job. And then, then seemingly out of nowhere, 20 seconds behind them, Michael Barnes puts that thing on the box. Behind, oh, over McWilliams, where Spoli was in fifth, Fong, Nap, Eslick, and Travis ended up finishing a minute, second behind, or minute, four seconds behind, but it was, uh, it was, hey, full I, got I got a question mark. I got a question, a question mark.
1: I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you, did you see Travis pick that bike up? I don't think we ever saw it on camera, no. Okay, that's so weird. Because it was on camera, and I don't know how we didn't see it. I, I couldn't believe it, because he tipped off, and I'm like, well, he's screwed. He picked that bike up himself, by himself. We didn't, see, we didn't see him pick him up, but
0: there was a shot. There was Okay, so we didn't see him pick him up, but there was a shot of him circulating around the racetrack.
1: No, 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 no. I'm remember. saying that I'm bringing this up because... We, we were laughing at, on Sunday when I was you know, leaving and saying bye to everybody. I, I went over uh, by Titler's and obviously Travis was there. And I don't know if I made the comment or somebody said like, hey, how many people did it take to pick that thing up? And he goes, I did it by myself. And we're like, you did what? And he goes, "He goes, yeah, I had to pick the thing up on my own because he, and I'm not mentioning numbers. This is classic though. But he's like, the difference between second and third in the point standings, championship-wise, there's a big bonus. So he didn't want Kyle to get the bigger bonus. So nice. So he was like, I got to pick the thing up. And so we were like, all right, none of us are screwing with Trav. I mean, the guy just dead squatted our dude. Or so what we do bike. know
0: then is that Sunday is Travis's leg day, and he didn't skip leg day. So good <laughs> for Travis. He did not skip leg day. Skip leg he picked day. the
1: thing up on his own. Wow. Got it out of the grass and kept going, and and he he Dude, was so proud of himself give yourself a because going to like, picking up that thing. <laughs> he goes, "That was a." He goes, "That was a certain price uh, deadlift." And I'm yeah, like, whatever
0: the money was, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty that was gnarly. A, that was a, that was a, a three thousand
0: dollar deadlift or a fifteen, whatever it was, whatever the yeah. mo- the number was. I don't know if that's three thousand
1: dollars. I don't know if for three thousand dollars it would have been worth it the, to risk the hernia. Yeah, and thinking, no, no It was more, insane. but it was still. It yeah, was great that that was. was where he went. I mean, poor guy crashes and sees his championship riding down the road, and and, and now he's like, oh, I, I can see Travis
0: me. telling you with that little kind of
1: little, with that side little smirk on his gets? face. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, totally, it's yeah. totally right. And we were laughing at him, I'm like I'm messing with you, man. Like, dude, that should be Travis's hashtag
0: from now for the rest of the season. You know, because if you're like, but hashtag, but, but I'm ne- never this. skip leg
1: day, never skip. I'm leg saying day. this, Greg, because yeah. he had it on. His phone. He had the whole thing. Him lifting the bike up. Like our TV cameras have it. They showed it. And I have no idea how both of us missed it. I don't even know. I don't know.
0: No, you, no, 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 no. We, maybe somebody sent it to him because it no, was ISO. No, he had
1: it. He had the It was on the broadcast? On, yes. No. I don't know. I don't know if we were both like, you know, we could have been, you know, for that brief second. Look, maybe, they, maybe we saw... Travis and Tyler coming down the front straightaway. I know no, I you know what it is. You know what it is. Jay? I was looking over to see if they had a board out and all that, but yeah, but they did show it on TV. They showed it. Yeah. You know what it is, dude? Huh? We suck.
0: Well, besides it, I just that thinking our job, I mean, that's yeah, not stinking, something. To, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's because we definitely would have made that a talking point for at least a lap or two. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't remember that at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was on. It was our everybody was thinking our jobs. That's, That's, we, well,
0: we blew that one. I don't oh. think
1: we need to tell anyway, anybody that. that championship's over. Obvious.
0: Congratulations to Tyler and Indian. Huge congrats. we we'll see what happens next year. Hey, one more race. Royal Enfield yeah. boat train race. Uh, it was a good race. Like I know race. you and I don't get oftentimes to spend all kinds of time you know, watching. We don't that get to race, watch but that but one crystal, Mar- yeah. crystal Martinez wins that race over Chloe Peterson by two-tenths of a second. I think Chloe missed a shift coming onto the front straightaway. It looks like she had she Crystal did. covered and she yeah. was pissed bro and i don't blame her i love it uh yeah. jennifer Chancellor finished finishes third kaylee bike who's your championship points leader she ends up in fourth place now you got to understand that was her first time finishing a race off kaylee's had win zero win win and i and i believe those zeros were wasn't that was at uh, road america right didn't she win the race that ended up
1: yeah, getting taken her away yeah because her crystal i think both lost their points i think yeah
0: because they raced to the checkered flag or race to a red flag, some, whatever it was, it was something whatever it was. I can't remember now, but, but so, but for, for Kaylee, she leads now 10 points over crystal Martinez and they're racing. So this isn't over yet. And I saw Kaylee bike after, and she just said, like, all I know is I have to just finish on the podium. I got to finish on the podium. So
1: yeah, this could be very round. interesting.
0: It, yeah. You know, for, for, so there's 16 points between the top three. Uh Jennifer Chancellor's out of it. She's 29 with 25 yeah, left. Yeah, but the so. sad
1: part about that for Jennifer is that she was leading at Pit. Remember, we were just, we just literally, I forget how it yes. happened, but I remember seeing the last lap and I'm like, oh, Jennifer, I actually know Jennifer. I'm like, oh, she's got a big lead. She's going to win. And then she crashed on like the last corner, like something really weird. I'm not really sure what happened like, there. Like spun
0: out just, or something on the rear or some weird. weird thing. Yeah, it was weird.
1: So she's got yeah. that, you know, it's it's funny because all of the top four girls all have a zero. Three of them had yes. it at the same race three of them had yeah. it at the, same, at the same race and then jennifer had that at it's too bad because at 25 points she's 29 points back now so she's she can't theoretically win the championship obviously but that was a bad one because if she finishes that that 25 points would look good in her point standings now you know but yeah it definitely yeah would. 10 point but difference it, if, if you Kayla go to barber it's totally
0: worth rolling over there and, and checking out the bikes that these women have created because the the bikes themselves are very similar in terms of the mechanical stuff, you know, only in shocks and the S and S pipes and stuff, but the paint yep. jobs and the things they've done to them to customize them, and at the end of the year now everybody's pretty comfortable, so it's it's a lot of fun. Go, go, definitely go check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's Mot America. We head off to Barber and basically for us Jay a week and a half or, or you know a week and a couple of days to head off there to the final round of the championship, and we are looking forward to it,
1: man. Um no, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna it's be great. great. Looking forward to getting down there. I can't believe the season's over, but it is.
0: Yeah, it is. So we got four, hey, World Superbike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. I mean, I what, is to to what is there to talk? What is there to talk? What is
0: there to talk about? Let's see. Hmm. Um, well, I can tell you this: that uh, Alvaro Bautista, championship points leader, wins race number one, he did. four seconds over Scott Redding. Uh, Basani ends up in third. The privateer. He's our first independent rider. Alex Lowe's, who I thought had a very solid weekend this weekend, so close to the podium a couple times. Our boy Gerloff ends up finishing fifth through, you know, some. he had a good start, Gerloff, fourth, and then he dropped back, and then he had to fight for it. Al passed him uh, with, like, two laps to go for fourth place, and there was some attrition in this race. Uh, Rascot Lioglu ran off the track, tipped it over, finishes 11th, just behind Lucas Mayas, Likawona in ninth, Odel in eighth, and Locatelli. In seventh. Michael Rubin Ronaldi was sixth place. Then you have Mm -hmm. Vandemark who returned. He was in 12th. Vierge, Baz, Bernardi, your top 15. Johnny Ray, now he ended up, uh, he he crashed out early.
1: Yeah, did our boy.
0: uh, There's a
1: ton ton more runoff where he fell now. Like that little jump, that little curbing that those guys cross over. Like this is a Mm -hmm. track that I've got a million laps around, by the way, because of the Boulder 24 hour and so I've done a bunch but it was kind of interesting because um, I rode for a team there I think I rode for only two different teams you know kind of when I came back I, I rode for O and then I rode for uh BMW team and they re- they used to tell us like hey try not to jump that thing Yeah. You know, in the race because over the course of 24 hours you can imagine what a new sprocket looks like at the end of 24 hours right so They, they were like, if you jump it and the chain comes off or does something like that, it's, you know, an unnecessary pit stop. And, but the, the World Superbike guys jump it all, all the time. They're always like kind of hitting that little thing. And it, man, it just looked like it caught Johnny out. I mean, you think about how many thousands of times that guy's probably ran that curbing over. And then that one there, it just looked like it, the bike just kicked out from underneath him and down he went. And it, that left bar was kind of tweaked back and he had to come in and get it fixed. Um, yeah, it was crazy. But even in this first race, Greg, the Basani Rinaldi battle's real. Like there's I think there's some yeah, it is serious discontent there between those two because they're kind of fighting for that, that factory seat. I saw this morning where somebody came out and said that Rinaldi's definitely getting it, but I I've heard otherwise. So I sit there and I think, wow, like those two guys just wanna smash each other. And and isn't it weird? It always seems like it's Ducati riders that end up getting like put to put against each other, like Danilo and Jack Miller a few years back. And then this year, Bastianini and Jorge Martin are kind of clashing because it's they're Ducati fighting. Culture, Jay, it it's is weird. Ducati culture. It's yeah.
0: weird. The powers that be really like to, you know, have people scrap it out. And they think that, that it shows you who's, you know, more the gladiator,
1: but it doesn't, and, you know, that's what's so funny. I, I know me. that, but it's so know. weird. It's so weird, but, but I thought Garrett so did a good people. job in that first race. I mean, he qualified pretty well. Um, you know, when you go into turn five there on that first lap, G-Dub, it's a really, really super tight right-hander. He kind of held his own all the way till that, and he got passed by like three or four guys going into there. So mm-hmm. it's that up. whole... He is that, back. Yeah, he, and he battled back and ended up fifth. But, man, if he just didn't give up those three or four spots, and, yeah, I mean, I know you say the word if, but I say the word if. But it's like it's that's where Garrett just needs to push in there a little bit more and defend that fifth-place position at the start because I think that he has some race pace there even in the middle to the end of the race where he might not have been that far back. Right. Yep. So super race. On... Yeah. Yep. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah. I was just going to say they, they, they found something too, that's, that's helping him out in terms of setup and things for them. yep And he had that new, I guess there's a new Pirelli front tire
1: that he was using as well. So, yeah. but if you watch this race, right, once top rack goes out, which was a re- really strange crash, he said that they made some adjustments on the break for the rest of the weekend after that. But if you watch him go out and you watch Johnny go out and then you watch Redding kind of fighting that fight against Batista, and Redding came out with some comments afterwards. I thought were really interesting because he's like, he's like, we have no chance against straight line speed of the Ducati, which is a bike that he rode for the last two years. So (laughs) now he knows what everybody was facing. And if you look at how, if you look at the passes that were put on Redding when he was on that Ducati, they're not that dissimilar than the passes that are getting put on Batista right now, as far as like, These guys have to lunge to get by because anybody that would disagree and saying that there's not a huge straightaway advantage from that Ducati over everything else out there, lap after lap are insane. And so the problem is, is that Batista does have a little bit of a target on his back when it comes into corners and into slow turns, because the only way you could keep him behind you is kind of by dive bombing him. And that's, that's not Batista's fault. That's not Ducati's fault. That's nobody's fault. It's just, if you want good, close, hard racing, unfortunately, there's an imbalance there and one bike is better in one area and everybody else's bikes have to be better in someplace else. And that's that's the kind of racing you're going to get. And I think Redding understood that now because it, I don't know if you saw the interview with him. It was really good, Greg. It's on worldsuperbike.com after race... Oh, it might have been race three, actually. And, they, they, and he talks about how it's really hard to do that lap after lap where you, you got to constantly dive bomb somebody lap after lap, knowing that they're just going to go back past you somewhere. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's also a function of the
0: size of Bautista. It's the Ducati. Yes. Correct. But it's also the physical size of Bautista.
1: But, but Redding got pushed around a little bit as well. Like when he was on the Ducati, because the Ducati is so good in a straight line and because it, it might be a little bit harder to ride or do some things on it when you enter or go through the middle of a corner. Um so maybe there some of that speed isn't as great as it could be on the Yamaha or the Kawasaki or, or or the BMW now. The the thing is is what I'm getting at is that is that you know when you look at uh the Super Pole race, um Rascatiaglu wins that race by one point eight. There was a lot of cutting and carving up in that race. Ray finishes third and Lowe's ends up fourth, like you said, writing fifth. Um and Bassani wasn't that far behind. He he, he fought off Rinaldi. Um the racing is tight, man. It's close. And when you get to that third race, and I know, you know we'll talk about this this incident between Ray and Batista. I'm very interested in getting your side of it.
0: There was um, an incident?
1: Yeah, but there's a <laughs> – but when you look at it, there's you know, big championship ramifications that came from that.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about race two?
1: Well, yeah, race two, uh, when you look at it, again, it's, it's – it's kind of a shit fight at the front. Like the Ducati can go by these guys on a straightaway. Whereas Gatti has got to try to figure out a spot the whole time while that's happening. You know, you got people queuing up behind, like trying to figure out where am I going to go? What am I going to do? When, when you and I are calling a race and we see three guys together and the guy in second makes the pass on the guy on first, what do I always say about the guy in third? It's his time. He's got to, he's, he's got to try to make that same pass. He's the best time to, the best time to attack somebody is after they've been attacked, you know? Yeah, when it, yeah, when and, that pass is fresh and they're you, they're like, whoa. And they're like, whoa, that guy happened? just went by me. And the next thing you know, there's yeah. another guy that's gone by you, you know? And I look at this incident, and again, I know the track. I know the area. And Describe the incident you, for – because a lot of people don't get to watch World Superbike. So, so explain yeah, what happened. So we're in race two. We're at the beginning of the race. Race two. It's kind of the beginning of the race. And essentially, they're going into – there's a series of turns that – at uh that are super slow, like first gear type corners. Um, and in this particular turn, you come out of a left-hander that's a little bit off camber. So if you have a bike that works really good through there in the past, we've seen a lot of big high sides out of there as electronics and things have gotten better. Um, we don't see that as much. So guys can drive out of that left-hander and try to set themselves up to the inside of the, the, the tight, right? And top rack was leading. And, and basically Johnny went to go up underneath Batista and Batista just started to tip in, as, and but Johnny was kind of coming from the right side and maybe moving back over to the left just a tinge, as Batista was moving into the right. And what was really weird is it looked like he hit Batista's knee. And I was trying to figure out, you know, I've only seen it a couple times, but when you very first watch it, you go, "Ooh, that was bad. That didn't look good." Um, but then when you understand the nature of the racing over there, none of those guys—I don't care who they are. And I've yet to ever meet a writer. Greg, I'm going to ask you this question straight up. You've been in the pits for a million years. Have you ever heard a writer or have you ever privately been told that a writer is going to go take out another writer on purpose?
0: Not as a definitive. I mean, there's been plenty of times where people have been knocked off, saying, Oh, dude better watch it, or I'm gonna you know what I mean? But nothing really happens. Of but course. I've never met anyone in twenty something years I've been around. I've never met anyone who shows up to work saying, You know what my goal is today? I'm gonna knock the championship points leader off his bike. Right? Yeah. Like There's no way. Like, no, it just it just doesn't happen. There's too much risk involved for everybody. Everybody.
1: Yep. No. I and and the And that's optics, what it comes down to. The it comes down to of that aren't good, right?
0: No, and I mean, it comes down to premeditation, right, Jason? Like like th- that's the thing. I, I understand. So so the, the incident happens. They go um in the middle of the race. First time I've seen World Superbike do this, by the way. In the middle of the race, the pit reporter actually gets an interview with Batista. Batista poops all over the situation. He poops all over Ray. And of course, they do a good job of isolating Ray on the racetrack, making him look even more guilty because he's out there riding by himself but that's a whole nother a whole nother situation the way that that whole thing unfolded um you know it was new for them there was a pass for lead the pit reporter didn't know it was, then they followed up with a second question I think it was awesome that world superbike got a hold of Bautista and interviewed him I think that 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 was awesome I think the execution was a little rough but I think the the rest of it was great
1: <laughs> okay I, I didn't know. get to see that I didn't get to see that but Look, yeah yeah, it's the first time they've ever done are, people it, gonna think, it. People are going to think people are going to think because people are going to think that because you know we've had Johnny on the show and all that 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 I'm being biased. I'm not. I mean Greg, I, honestly you know me pretty well. I am not that guy. I I am straight up if I thought what Johnny did was um if I thought that what he did was intentional or if I thought what it was, it, I would say it. I would say it. And- yeah, but here's the thing,
0: jo- Johnny doesn't have that moniker, right? Like he's not a guy who's been known lit this 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 last year. There's been more stuff probably than I remember cumulatively in his career. Okay, now I don't follow. That's just that's just a memory thing. That's not reality. It's just a memory thing. But there's a reason behind it because it's it's really hard to race that motorcycle, that Kawasaki. I mean, you have a Yamaha R1, a Pentagali V4 a BMW M1000RR, a Honda CBR 1000RR. You tell me, Jason, where does the Kawasaki rank if you had to rank one through five as, as in terms of the best bike versus the the not best bike? I, total. We're I, talking total package. We're talking speed, I, yeah, Rick, handling, the whole bit. It's so
1: weird that you did that because I, I was just going to tell you that for me, the Cowie is arguably third- and it's very close right now to being a tie between that and the BMW, and
0: yeah, I would, I would, I would say it's third or fourth with the BMW. Yeah. I think, the CBR, and the Honda, and the we Honda just don't still, know.
1: We just don't you know. know. Like until you Not get yet. an established guy on that Honda, you don't really know. Like the Honda seems like it's good at some places, and everybody talks about how fast it is, but that hasn't really equated into into results, right? So mm-hmm. you go like it's yeah. Anyways, I so. But, but again, Greg, we're going back to this. Okay, if I think that the Cowie is the third, possibly fourth best bike, um, that's not Batista's fault or Ducati's fault. It's not. But it's, I'm, what I'm it's, saying it's, it is, is, what is. It is what it is, but it's, it, it shows those guys you. Have how to, hard, those guys have to ride harder. Where was Batista the last two years? Yeah, off the back on a Honda. It's off the back yeah, or not crashing. Off the back, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like he was putting so, in stellar results on the Honda, and now you jump him on a Ducati and you can see where he's at. Where was Scott Redding this year?
0: He was and on you know, the Ducati okay, last year.
1: And and so, so the thing is, is that Redding now is starting to understand how much harder it's been. And he has done a fantastic job, by the way, of getting that BMW where it's at. And he's riding the shit out of it. And the BMW is only going to get better. It's still in its infancy as far as its development. Where the Cowie is at the end of it, right? So when you hear Johnny go, I got to work harder with my team. I got to do this and that. That's a nice... I mean, how much more can they really do? Like they're, they really don't, they really don't have a lot more they could do. And, and, and to Toprak's credit, that guy rides the absolute, you know what, out of a bike as well. And he rides it over the limit. If Toprak can roll through certain stages of corners, he can get away. So that's why I think the Yamaha is actually second best to the Ducati. And Agreed. we want to see good, close, hard racing. Um, but on the flip side of it, there's going to be contact. There's contact every weekend. You remember when Johnny ran over, like, top rack kicked his leg out and Johnny hit his leg? Yeah. At most? I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's there, crazy. There's contact
0: in every series. I, I just right? don't
1: know. I, look, I and I have nothing against... And, and by really... the way,
0: there's contact in every series, Jason. And Bautista is not, is not devoid of contact, right? I mean, think back to MotoGP. He's knocking people over. Didn't they nickname him the bowling ball or something? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's the one that almost. To and I'm, be not fair. I'm not saying your past is going to say dictate he... your future. Yeah.
1: yeah no, and but he I was mean... younger then. And, but to sit there and just come out yeah. and shit on Johnny, oh, a, a rider at this level and this and that. No. A, the, I don't the accept your apology. Yeah. Get over it, dude. Come
0: on. Like to me, I mean, to look, me, it, it's just stupid. But, but this was my point, Jay. This, this was my point, okay? If Bautista gets off the bike, he's still in his leathers. He, he gets off the scooter, somebody sticks a mic in his face, he's still pissed. You know what I mean? Correct. I could see comments coming out of his mouth like that. Then maybe he walks them back after he calms down. The fact that it was a few laps, he probably was in his pit box for a little bit before they talked to him. He had a minute or two to think about it. Maybe even his crew you know, gave him some advice. I probably would have gone a different direction. Like, you know what? It stinks. The guy's a, the guy's a world champion multi-times over. He doesn't need to be knocking me down. But look, Arducati's such a great motorcycle that they have to do desperate things to get by us. And this time it went wrong. You could spin it in a way that still shits on the dude, but it makes you look like, Hey, listen, man, we got it. The reason why everybody's having to take a lunge is because we got such a great package, you know? Well, what's funny to me wrong is with it's, it. like, it's
1: not like if then you got a spokesman from Ducati coming in and they're like trying to, they're trying to sanction, get more sanctions put towards Johnny. I, look, I'm just saying I know that if leave it alone. Johnny, it, like, I just don't understand. Like it's, it's, I get it. It's, but, it, but, I also saw a thing on today. I can't remember who wrote it, so I apologize, but it said something like, Is world Superbike getting is it getting too close now? Is it getting too um aggressive? And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> what, what, do like, what do we want please yeah. like what do we want what do we want do we want do we want the racing to be boring? I mean, why are people tuning in because they like the rivalries, they like to see stuff, and there's not a rider on the grid, not one, even if it's the guy that you hate the most that you want to hurt on purpose. That is not part of the program. And it's not like Johnny went out on that race and was going, "Well, I got to take him out so we can gain some points." It's just it's not realistic. That's not how it works. Anyways. Yeah. My two cents on hey, that. Bautista I,
0: said it wasn't a mistake. It's unacceptable. blah blah oh, blah. Yeah, there's, okay. yeah like by he the, hasn't By, made by mistakes. the way. Yeah, by the way, b- exactly. By the way, Bautista still leads the world championship by 30 points over top Toprak. So, yeah, know. but dude,
1: it's there's a big that, knock. There's that. I, the guy, the guy has rode brilliant all year long, Batista. I I mean, again, I, on one half, you got to be critical on the other half. I, you got to give him praise. He's rode amazing. No, he's done what he totally. needs to do with the package he's got underneath him. And you cannot sit there and blame him for that stuff. Right. But yeah. when Johnny, when, when Johnny had a bike that everybody thought was the best bike out there, there was nobody that could override a bike to even try to stick it underneath him or try to ride with him. He was just, he was that good. You weren't there. and I mean, you you weren't there, you know, like you couldn't do it. Yeah. But you, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you take a bike that has, that is the best bike and you do what you can with it. There are going to be, it it goes back to even this year with the whole super sport category. The GSXR 750 is a smart choice for many riders because of the motor package and not because of the speed, but because you don't have to tear it apart. You can run a stock motor. It's it it, it makes the it cheaper for season. people to ride. But there are disadvantages to that motorbike as well that people don't realize. There are distinct disadvantages. And the amount of straightaway speed that it has on everything else that people keep talking about isn't as great as what everybody thinks. Because a bike has one mile an hour or two mile an hour on you, that is that is that's nothing. The the fact is is that there are other distinct disadvantages that each one of these bikes have or don't have. And if I said to any privateer right now in the paddock, hey, take whatever bike you want, what team would you want to ride for right now if you were in Super Sport? Everybody would be like, I want to get on the Ducati because it just won the championship. That's what everybody would want to be on. Sure. You know? So that's yep. pretty But, a, pretty but a Triumph's
0: one, a Suzuki 750's one, an R6's one, a Ducati's one. Cowie's one.
1: And a Cowie's one. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the R6 narrative... At the beginning, and you know, Josh goes out and wins, and then everybody, everybody was complaining about, oh, the R6 this, the R6 that. Josh goes out and wins. Then yeah. you know, now he just did the double, and then Rocco Landers has won. And it just goes to show the rules haven't changed. It makes everybody step their games up. But, 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 but racing is going to be tight, it's going to be close. These guys are racing for a world championship. They're going out there and giving it absolutely everything they can. So, that said, let's move on to Barcelona. It's going to be an interesting weekend. I think it's going to be, I think it's a weekend that Batista can bounce back on really nice as well and understand that, you know, those guys, they're not given an interest at all. And that's just, it's because it's going to be how it is for the rest of the season in that class. It's just going to be the uh, way it is. And World Supersport, Greg, is. Dominic Gugurta, and, it, you know, you owe it to yourself to go back and watch the second race of World Supersport at Magni Corps because Dominic Gugurta is. He's simply amazing and deserves a good superbike seat next year. I don't know where that's going to be, although I have some ideas of where that's going to be. Um, oh. The thing is, the, the thing is, is that um, he came back in that second race. If you remember, the points got really close after he was eliminated from the second race at most because of a very controversial thing he did. He did the old Aaron Yates snow angel in the middle of the track at VIR type of thing, trying to get the race stopped. Um, hey, now. I laugh hey, now. now about it, but you know. Oh yeah, we can all have a laugh about it now. Yeah. So um anyways, the the the, the point of my thing is is that the championship got down to fourteen points and Batista uh oh, Batista, um oh who's he racing, Greg? I can't even believe I just went blank. Oh, now I'm thinking about Batista yeah, Balbassari sorry, Baldessari Baldessari, came yeah. out and won the first race, did a really, really good job won the first race. Uh and it got red flagged. So I think Agurta was second, I think, when they red flagged that race um then they went to race two and i mean the whole race you're just sitting there thinking well it's you know a is not going to win this race but he did and uh pretty spectacular fashion so you should probably if you get a chance go back and uh i'll watch go back that, and look actually. at it and your boy yeah. your boy Cluzel finished second in race he two. did he got second and his retirement after the season goes to france hey our boy the beast did pretty good there too Forget he where he did. finished. I think fourth. he finished fourth or fifth or sixth. Fourth. I he finished know. fourth but, in race two. Yeah. Yeah. And he led that one of the sessions defeat. earlier in the week. But um, yeah, sorry, Goethe finished third off the off the first day. And then first one, yeah. First Ooh, one. Yeah. And 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 Baldessari ended up picking the bike up and, and continuing and um ended up getting fifth. Baldessari crashed with two corners to go and like the the lowest, slowest, low side that you'll see because he was trying to cut mm. back up underneath the <laughs> Goethe. He was having a go, as they say, in the business. And having a go. It, it just went a little bit wrong for him. Um, but those guys, I think we got Aragon this week, MotoGP, GP, and, and then we got World Superbike and what is after Barber. Oh, I well, I mean, I know next week's a, a busy week for uh for us. Uh we got because there's Barber, there's Catalonia um for World Superbike, and then where's MotoGP? GP? Are they Japan? They go, yeah, they yeah go that's ja- right. They, That's they right. Go, don't they? They go they all go the way Aragon in one week. To Japan, Yeah, one yeah. week fly away. Brule. Aragon, Japan, and then Malaysia, I think is Yikes. what. And this podcast yeah, is Turkey. already, what, an hour and almost 40 minutes long? Think about yeah. that podcast. I don't know how many people have hung up by now. <laughs> this isn't a phone call, you old asshole. I mean, know, got off the thing. You call me an old <laughs> asshole? It's not very nice, right? Yeah. Greg.
0: How many of you out there have hung up the podcast? I wonder. Yeah. Get Jason right, so, some Geritol. All
1: right, so we got Aragon Moto GP this week. Let's move forward. Aragon Moto GP. Yep. Huge three weeks. This is the three weeks that are I think are really gonna tell the championship. Um Going to be an interesting three weeks. I, I think uh, it's really going to be what Quattroaro can do to gain as many points as he can and how many Ducatis are going to get between him and uh, Bagnaia. Bagnaia is coming in steamrolling right now, isn't he, really? I mean, he's won the last four and don't see that slowing down. I think this weekend's going to be a big weekend uh, as far as that goes. Like you said, Crutchlow's coming back, Marquez coming back, Mir coming back. Um, there's a lot of amazing storylines for the week. So, I'm looking forward to uh to Friday morning.
0: Yeah, me too. Don't forget to join us for uh, Fantasy, MotoGP Fantasy. So if you go to fantasy.motoGP, or if you're on the main page, they've changed it around since the year started. If you're on the main page, motogp.com, uh, there's a tab in the middle of the page that says more. You click on, or you just hover over that, go to Game Hub, and that'll take you to MotoGP Fantasy or fantasy.motoGP.com. We have our Greg's Garage with Jason Pridmore, and um, we have 342 players. The winner of this is playing for a new Arai helmet, so that's pretty cool. Are you getting a World Superbike, by the way? Because you, I know you're you still ask have a. Question. Don't you have, Yeah, I forgot. Time's running out here, bub. Yeah, well, I've been, I mean, if not, I've, we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to mail the hat to Johnny. Johnny will i'm sure johnny can it, find one head.
1: over there and send it to us i just don't Not like the camo today.
0: hat the camo hat is u.s only it's exclusive i don't like to making him do States. that
1: but yeah i think uh well it depends um are you talking about yeah, your Port, underpants portemail portemail is hard for me to get to and the reason is is because it's my first weekend with socal at uh chuckwalla Brandly new really repaved i was um i was wait wait chucky's paved it's fresh Brand, brand new it's and fresh, fresh. and was, it sounds like it's amazing which is going to be even better i mean it's like it's such a great place to go like gw and times, as you know lap times are going to be insane lap times are going to f- just yeah cole was out there good, yesterday but, but wouldn't you was agree that yesterday? chuck walla
0: chuck yeah. walla is a really good place to have lap times be more like faster because it's 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 pretty darn safe that place meaning
1: beyond you run off you're
0: in the desert is there?
1: I'm trying to think of a safer track than Walla. I mean, I, I, well, definitely. I mean, look. When you say a safer track, I'm just going to say, um, it's the safest of any track that I know, especially in America. I don't know of any tracks that would be safer yeah. than Chuck. No, Wallach. it is. In terms of stuff off the racetrack, I mean, a racetrack's a racetrack, most, right? Most of the time, when a track gets repaved and you know it's going to be faster, you it develops fears of like, what are we going to hit now going quicker, right? Yes. And Chuck Walla doesn't have that. Like now that they've nope. repaved it and it was in dire need of that. So I'm glad they did it. And um, uh, by all accounts, you better, I you better call Dunlop friends, and get more tires, though. It's I, know, I know. I know. I'm going to have to get Tony to send me some more. And But I, I was texting Dale Kiefer last night about it and because um, he just got done riding there. And Kolb and Moshe rode there and all oh, that. Okay. So, yeah, they said it's great. Which is going to be good cool. because for the for the new CVMA season that starts, sadly, that starts the same weekend as our barber race. Ah, um, oh, bummer. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer round one. But then, but it'll be is good. Our for boy everybody Colt going to try to defend his
0: his over sixty super sport <sighs> with pump gas
1: and uh, going to do. Who six knows? stickers on the fairing. All I know is if he doesn't go quicker now that they've repaved the track. <laughs> you just that's <laughs> the laugh is all uh, you mean, right? oh, boy. oh oh boy oh boy
0: yeah oh boy. boy all right that'll do it for our podcast we hope you listen or watch moto gp if you don't tune back into the podcast next week we'll have information about what happens at at aragon and then we'll be previewing kind of i guess talking briefly about what's going to happen at uh, barber because we kind of talked about it in this one but for moto america coming down to the wire i'm gonna have to go back and do my research Jay. I can't remember of any championship coming down to the last weekend where we only have four points in in Superbike specifically. It's been,
1: if it's been like this, it's been a long, long time. So, yeah, well, it's going to be, yeah, I I was trying to think of the year that Tony Elias, when he won that championship of New Jersey was our final race of the year. I just couldn't remember because I remember him celebrating with an American flag on like in pit lane or on the front straightaway. I just remember that because it was I think it was part of our the year, uh, year two thousand seventeen when he won the championship that yeah, year. Yeah, I was trying to think if he won it at Jersey, if Jersey was the final race. I can't remember if we went to Barber after that. I just can't remember. We so. went to Barber after that.
0: We did go we to Barber okay. after that. Got but it. he won by eighty eight points over Roger. And Okay. T- Tony went DNF twenty. Roger went win twenty. So yeah, he did he must have wrapped it up that race before. Yep. At uh Yep.
1: Yep. So well, it it's was, gonna be yeah. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting down there. It's gonna be awesome, and um, I think that the racing should be good. Hopefully, the weather stays all right. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like hope it rains one day and stays dry another. You're an evil man. I mean, it just be kind of okay. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna throw some stuff at it. it. It will never see the deluge that we saw last year there. I don't think that was pretty, pretty bad. But uh, really, no man, really, just like we're not gonna see. The hot weather
0: at Seattle this year, like we did last year, and it was five degrees cooler. No, it wasn't. Stop being such a drama. Queen. You are. You, you know. Are stop being a, a weather queen. Stop being a weather person.
1: Okay. Hey, hey, Stay everybody out there! I got a real quick one, and we're going to end on this. Oh boy! Not that you need to start the music and stuff after. But Greg and I, we always go to Moto America for lunch, and they had they had uh, pork um pork and mashed potatoes and some vegetables we know what greg thinks of vegetables already but i i'm not you're not telling the story i'm done greg, i'm no, goodbye greg say goodbye greg no i'm not saying goodbye you're not gonna you know you will do not end this greg comes up to the booth afterwards Goes, oh man i said what's my better? fingers on the button to play the music you're playing that, off just like <laughs> award he ceremony. says the gravy was spicy
0: Laugh it up. I got your spice right here, Jocko. (laughs) The gravy was spicy.